and to you all for this opportunity to speak with you about some of what God is doing in the world uh, today. These are exciting times to be alive. They're challenging, uh, but they're very exciting. And there's a lot of dysfunction in the world, um, but nothing is new. That dysfunction came in Genesis chapter 3. <laughs> it's been here ever since, so don't get cynical. Think of what God is doing because he is active and among us. Uh, two things I want to just point out to you. We made this, you know, we put this together to help people catch a vision for what God is doing in the world. And, and um, this is a four-week devotional, daily readings plus daily, you know, it's a journal. It's kind of a devotional journal. So we've made this available for everyone here. And then if you want to know how to live missionally in the world, whether you're here, whether you're abroad, and if you would really like to know, what is it, what is it like? Because there's some couples up there that are having, you know, they're in their zones, they're new, they're trying to establish themselves. What are they facing? Well, that's what this gives you a picture of what they're facing, what you might be facing in your own zones, and then how to live as a representative of Christ wherever you find yourself. So we've made those available for you. So just to empower you to get deeper into God and deeper into Jesus and realize how you can represent Christ wherever you are because Jesus lives within us and we are his hands and his feet. Uh, but let me say that in our world, God, God's heart is for the world. Let me say that. God's heart is for the world. And as we enter that world, there are those who live among us that I like to refer to as the unseen. Although the vast majority of these unseen are very far from us, <clears throat> we walk right by some of them every day, and yet we tend not to see them. Yet I propose to you that God wants us to see them. And as we begin to see them, I can promise you, we will begin to experience God in our lives, God among us, in ways that we could never have imagined. Now the first step in being able to see these unseen, we must fix our attention on our Father and on his Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. So let's look again at today's reading and let's focus in on verses 18 and 19 of Ephesians chapter 3. If you have a Bible or your phone, however you access, <laughs> access the scriptures nowadays. I never use a Bible anymore. I'm always on my phone to read or on my computer because I can take notes and, and they don't disappear. So, and I can remember, what was I thinking when I read that? So what, is the, what do those verses say? May you have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, what is Paul saying here? It appears 
that he seems to be saying this, God wants us to understand and be so gripped by his love that his love shapes the way we see and subsequently live out our lives in his world. From Paul's prayer, it appears that when we are so gripped and shaped by God's love, we experience a fullness that we could never have dreamed possible. The fullness of God. What could Paul have possibly meant here? Let's pray. Lord, we have this unbelievable passage of Scripture where you're opening to us vistas that we could never have dreamed possible. Lord, I pray that you would, you would open our eyes, open our hearts to just catch a glimpse of this. Oh, Lord, and let that glimpse take us and with your spirit shape us and make us into something we could never have dreamed possible and to experience something we could never have dreamed possible. Oh, Lord, for Jesus' sake, amen. Now, allow me to step back and introduce myself. You know, as it's been mentioned, uh, I'm with InterServe. Our focus in InterServe is to be the, the hands, the feet, and the mouth of Jesus among the Muslim, Buddhist, and Hindu peoples of the Asian and Arab worlds. Our desire is way beyond our capacity uh, because we want each of these peoples to have the opportunity to hear about and to encounter Jesus and to be transformed by him. To do this, uh, we do our best to integrate ourselves into the communities we serve, learning their languages, adapting to their ways of life, making tangible contributions to their communities through our professional skills. We are doctors, we are engineers, we are teachers, we are lawyers, we are community development workers, and so much more. Now speaking personally, I and my wife Joan, we worked in Peshawar, Pakistan, and in Kabul, Afghanistan for almost 30 years. In 2012, we returned to the U.S., and I was the executive director of the U.S. Office of InterServe. In 2021, I stepped down from that role. Um, as you can see, my hair isn't getting any darker, and it's, it's going in the opposite direction. And so now I'm just an adjunct professor at Fuller Seminary and Dallas International University. Now, as I proceed to talk about ourselves, our experiences, Please know that our story is just simply one of the many stories of those who served alongside us. Now, why did we go to Peshawar in 1984? In December of 1979, the Russians had invaded Afghanistan, and as a result of that invasion, two and a half million refugees went into, Afghan refugees went into Pakistan, and a million went into Iran. 
And as a result of that invasion, millions of Afghans had to flee their homes because their villages were being bombed by the Russians. And <clears throat> so we went to Peshawar to help with serving the Afghan refugees. In the 1980s, the city of Peshawar was the center of resistance against the Russians. And so during the time that we lived there, we saw the influx of Muslims from all over the world to fight the Russians and those Afghans aligned with the Russians. The infrastructure that bought, brought Muslims from around the world first morphed into the organization that you know as Al-Qaeda and then ISIS and then the Taliban. And since Peshawar was the center of the resistance, bombs were going off in the city on a regular basis. You know, fortunately for us, we were not the target of anyone's hostility. So we'd never felt directly threatened by these bombs. They certainly raised our anxiety levels, but we didn't feel imminently threatened. Instead, we felt deeply for all those that happened to be the unfortunate victims of these random and senseless bombings. As I mentioned, one of our goals in InterServe is to embed ourselves in the communities we serve. And to do this, we have to learn the local languages of the people we serve. One of my teachers was an, a blind Afghan man named Zia Nudrat. Now, Zia had an apostolic ministry. He came to faith when he was around 16 years old. And over time, over the years, God had used him over a 20-year period to lead many Afghans to Christ. In 1984, the communist government inside Afghanistan uh, arrested him. He was tortured, and yet by God's grace, he was able to get released, and he fled, uh, like so many others, to the city of Peshawar. Three years later, one of the Afghan resistance groups abducted him. A German friend and I worked over six weeks with different sectors of the American and the Pakistani governments to try to get him released. But our efforts were to no avail. The, res the resistance group ended up killing him in May of 1988 for his faith in Christ. His death was just one of the many deaths we experienced over our years in service, years of service. Joan and I also worked in Kabul, Afghanistan, from 2008 to 2017. We had 31 colleagues die in Afghanistan. Twenty-eight of the 31 were murdered. Now, three of the 22 were interserved partners. Now, you may wonder, why in the world would my wife and I, our three kids, and all the others who work there choose to live in a place like that? 
Why would anyone put their lives at risk? Well, let's go back to Ephesians chapter 3. You know, each person who works in difficult places in some way made Paul's prayer in Ephesians 3 their own. They would say, may I have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth. And may I know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that I may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now think of the sheer impossibility of that prayer. Who in the world can understand how wide, how long, how high, and how deep God's love is? Paul himself recognized this because he said that Christ's love surpasses knowledge. Yet the key difference here is that Paul was not just praying about us getting the right content. The knowing that Paul was referring to was an experiential knowing. Paul was praying that the Ephesians would experientially understand the width, the length, the height, and the depth of God's love. This is why the New Living Translation translates verse 19 this way. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness and life and power that comes from God. Again, who can, ever, who can ever comprehend a love that is infinite? But look at what Paul says in verse 20. He says this, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we can ask or think, according to the power at work within us, Oftentimes, we use verse 20 to encourage ourselves to keep praying about some problem we have because God has the resources to do abundantly beyond all that we can ask or think. Yet, the context here is much more specific than that. The context is that God is exceedingly abundantly able to help you and me to help us experientially understand the width, the length, the height, and the depth of his love. This is why Paul's prayer is so life-changing and why it's so important. And let me encourage you to make this your personal prayer. And if you do, you will discover that over time, you will become so gripped by God's love that his love will shape the way you see and subsequently live out your lives in this world. Now, not all of us are called to go to Asia and the Arab world. Only some of us are. However, all of us are called to understand in ever deeper ways God's love. And the more we see and experience the height, the depth, and the width of God's love, we begin to see and to care about 
the unseen, all those in God's world who we never seem to notice before. Sorry. This is a topic that gets me a bit emotional. Sorry about that. You know, you don't need a passport and you don't need to travel to see and impact the unseen. Here in Philadelphia, God has given us all a special gift. God has brought the unseen peoples of our world right here <laughs> to this city, right here to this, is this a burb? What do you call this area? Whatever this is. Okay, we just need the eyes of our hearts opened to see them. Now back to my journey. When I came to faith, John 3.16 was the verse that stood out about among so many. And we all know that one. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Now, when I read that verse, the spirit made it immensely personal to me. So God loved me so much that he gave his only son. And you know, that was right and that was proper because this was the first step he used to help me discover the height, the depth, the breadth of his love. <clears throat> For the Spirit also used Psalm 103, verse 11, to help me see the height and depth of God's love. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love to those who fear him. And Psalm 139, verses 7 and 8, opened up to me again, both the height and the depth of his love. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. The Holy Spirit took these verses and helped me understand God's love for me as his child. And I am sure that he uses these verses in all of us to know intimately that Jesus went through all that suffering and pain for you and for me. You know, but God doesn't want to stop there in working within us. Once we begin to see the height and depth of his love for us, God also wants us to see the width and length of his love for others, all of those around the world, as well as those so very, very distant from us. Now, let's think about the width of God's love. Did you know that only 5% and that may be generous, only 5% of all Christian workers serve among Muslim, Buddhist, and Hindu peoples. 90% of all Christian workers work among Christianized areas of the world. Or, you know, and <clears throat> or in areas where it may be majority Muslim, but they have, or majority Hindu, but they work largely, the majority of Christian workers work with the Christians in those areas. Now, Muslim, Buddhist, and Hindu peoples comprise more than half the population of the world. Now, let's think about the significance of what I just said. How many of you came to faith on your own by reading a book, or by reading the Bible, by listening to a radio program, watching something on the internet, 
or a TV program. How many of you came to faith that way? Raise your hand. I don't see any hands. Stand up if you came to faith that way. I don't, I, one, ho, oh, one person. Hallelujah. I know a guy that came to faith. He was an Afghan professor. He was on a bus from Kabul to Mazar. So that's a fairly long journey. And he was reading history of Western civilization. And by the time he got to, Mazar, to Herat, which is where he was going, which is over by Iran, um, he came to faith. He, he, as he was reading Western civilization, as he understood his own context, his own story, he goes, look at the impact that the, the, the faith of Jesus Christ had on the Western world. And so that's where he came to faith. Now, there are those that are that way. Now, let me ask this question. How many of you turned to Jesus through a relationship or a series of relationships with other believers because it was in the context of that relationship that you came to understand the faith. How many of you? Well, if you wouldn't come the other way, you came that way, or else you don't know him at all. And if you don't know him, that's all, that's fine. But the reality is the vast majority of us, 98 to 99% of us come to faith because we know another believer. Now, if only 5% of all Christian workers are working among more than half of the world's population, how in the world are they ever going to come to faith? They're not. Very simple. They're not. Now, why does this incredible imbalance in people and resources, because I didn't even talk about the resources, that part of the world, reaching Muslim, Buddhists, and Hindus, hardly gets any missions money. You know, and it's, why does that imbalance exist? It's not because the church doesn't care. Because whenever the church sees a need, it, typically the church responds to it. But notice, whenever it sees the need. Now, you realize that I'm not talking about seeing with our two eyes. Our eyes see Muslims and Hindus and Buddhists on our streets every day. We see the needs of Muslim, Hindu, and Buddhist peoples when we turn on the news, especially today, yesterday, this past week. It's in our face. We daily see the needs of these, of their needs, <clears throat> and yet these one-minute sound bites that we see on the news don't elicit within us God's loving care for them. Now, how many of us come to the end of a news program and pray for even one of the tragic issues that we saw on that program? Now, what God wants to do within each and every one of us is to expand our understanding so we see the breath and length of his love with the eyes of our hearts. 
He wants us to see the needs of these worlds through the eyes of tender compassion. And God is the only one who can open the eyes of our hearts. He does this when we pray, when we give him the permission to do so by praying Paul's prayer. This is what God wants to do within us. Why does he want this? Because he wants us to become so gripped by his love that his love shapes the way we see and subsequently live out our lives in his world. Why is this so important to God? Well, verses 20 and 21 in Ephesians 3 give us the idea. Paul says this, Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we ask, might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Notice verse 21. Glory to him in the church. When we begin to see and experience within ourselves the breath of his love, something within us changes. We begin to pray for those around us. And as we pray, God changes us. we find ourselves with the courage to walk across the room and to talk to someone we hadn't seen before. We walk across the street and talk to them. We notice them in the places where we regularly shop. God's love motivates us to move out of our comfort zones and take the risks to say hello and ask questions about who they are and what and how they are doing. We see them, we care for them, and we make ourselves available to be kind to them. In these simple ways, we begin to express to them God's infinite love for them. Oh, what a privilege to be able to impact Syria, Egypt, Somalia, India, China, India, China, for Christ just by watching a news program and praying afterwards. What a privilege to impact Egypt, Syria, Somalia, India, China, by eating at a restaurant in Philadelphia. What a privilege to impact your neighbors for Christ simply by beginning to talk to them. And you find that you finally see those who were previously unseen, and you find that you are motivated and emboldened to interact with them simply because you made Paul's prayer your own. For God is faithful. He will take your prayer, and he will use his love because don't forget who lives in you, God himself, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And his love 
is in you, and it'll work through you. And need, you know, just work through your heart and through your very being. And he will take your prayer, and he will use that love to shape the way you see and subsequently live out your lives in the world. And experiencing this work of God in your hearts is your privilege as his children. And as you experience it, this opens up a whole new level of fullness that you could never have imagined or dreamed possible. And this is all waiting for you, just for the asking. Let us pray.